All right, Emily, let's talk about the glass and elemental. What do you think about it? <laughs> the glass? Yeah, the glass fixing the wall. No, I'm just kidding. I'm messing around here. I have thoughts. Uh, we ended one. I wanted to start back with it. I thought it was funny. It's tempered glass. It's okay. So, um, and then it breaks. I mean, spoiler. It does break. What are we doing today? We are, we, um, I threw on our Instagram story, like, hey, ask us questions. And so we're just going to answer some questions. Mm. We have some answers we have some to burners? some questions. I think we do. There's honestly two that I really want to hit at home, and I think that will honestly take our whole time. Okay. Might be a shorter episode, but I think these are two uh, big mamas. Two bangers. Yeah. They've got the Qs. We got the As. <laughs> whenever um, whenever any of my students says, I have a question, I say, I have an answer. And I think it's funny every time, and they mm. never think it's funny. They don't. Just they like don't. Emily's out from the well. They're like, Miss L, please stop. You got a lot of laughs the last time you did it. So um, my boyfriend just sometimes will randomly sing, Emily Zell from the well is going to hell. And I don't like that he sings that. It's really funny. Actually, I think that's really I might start singing that. <laughs> just most most days he sings that. Anyway, um, shout out to Tyler. Uh, okay. First one that I want to talk about. This is kind of, this is a heavy hitter right off the bat. Are you ready? Oof. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, this is from... I think it's very sexy boy. So I think it's supposed to be like very sexy boy. Mm. Um, <laughs> it says, do I really have to devalue myself just to see myself as God's son? Which is like, whoa. Oh. So wh- what do you hear when you hear that question? Oh, I hear a lot of pain. Um, mm. I Because I don't hear that as a requisite of feeling like you're God's son, you know, like. Um, but I can see why you might have been te- taught that. So I don't. It bumped me out a lot. Like, and I it, when I hear a question Barry like Sa- that, say like, say it to Barry Saxy boy. <laughs> it's a Barry Saxy question. I it bumps me out. Right, that yeah. like what are we what are we doing? If that's what people think, if that's even on the table as a question, like it's churches. Whether you're the most conservative fundamentalist or the most progressive. If you have to think you're a shitty person to be a part of this thing, mm-hmm. like, what are we doing? But I think, like, I also get where he's coming from. Because I even think, like, I think in a place like The Well, we do a pretty good job of not telling people that they suck all the time. Only How- on once a month. <laughs> once a month. Um, however, I think even just, like, singing traditional contemporary Christian music, that's, yeah. like, in there sometimes. Like, just, like, think about, like, um, what's the to save a wretch like me like things yeah. like that is just kind of brutal and almost it does sometimes feel like even if you can get past that theologically to stay in the christian world you can't quite fully sidestep the that kind of vernacular i think that's i think our language is is tells a theological story yes but here's my thing it's like i don't and this is where some of my really progressive friends don't i think sin is real but For because sure. sin is real, it doesn't mean we're shitty people. Like, because I shoplifted six slits from Albertsons when I was nine doesn't mean I'm Let it out. a thief. You know what I mean? Yeah. It means I stole something once. Because I have cancer doesn't mean I'm cancer, right? We yeah. talked about that early yes. on. Like, that's not my identity. Like, sin is not my identity. Mm. And I think that's what I find. And we were singing a song on Sunday I actually had this thought it's like 
something to the effect of like my sin held you on the cross was like something we sang. And like that's like that's a lot for yeah. someone who's like wrestling with the insecurity of their own sin and whether it makes them a good or bad person and they're not sure what they know about that like you hear or you see like you've never been to church before and you're like i want to come because i, I want to find jesus and i want to be a better mm. person and you sing a song like well shit i nailed him to the cross yeah like how do you like to reconcile that i get the, so i get the question and when i said i don't understand it like i understand it deeply yeah i don't understand what we're doing as pastors and church leaders in telling people because that's not Jesus is like you've sinned and fallen short, but you are not sin. Like you aren't an awful person. You're like everyone else. Like to be awful would imply that there are people that aren't that. We're all on the same plane mm. and we're struggling with that. Just other people like to create a spiritual sin cast system that says they've progressed out of it and you're still stuck in it. But like, what's the what is the benefit of like? You're so casual right now. You've like turned your chair. Yeah, I know. Sorry. You're like I'm in just it. thinking about the comfort is a slow death. Um, what is the benefit of talking about how none of us like have hit the mark? That all of us are sinful. Well, that would imply there is a mark. <sighs> You're right. So, but that's the that's the word for sin is an archery term, right? Meaning miss the mark. So, right. But I like so suck it. So <laughs> one of the, again, like my critique. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my critique uh, of progressivism would be like, we just like, well, let's sort of sin out because we've already hit the mark. I don't think we've hit the mark. Yeah. Like, I believe in sanctification. Like, we're all becoming more made in the likeness of Jesus and like living into the fullness. Methodists believe like you can be made perfect in your love and perfect in love in this existence. Like, mm. really hardcore Wesleyans believe that you could be perfect in this existence. I don't subscribe to that. Yeah. But I do think like, Part of our sin is acknowledge, like sanctification is acknowledging the areas that pull us away from God and saying, I'm going to try to avoid those. Yeah. And then also seeing them happen and being like, it sucks I did that and I'm going to try hard not to do it next time. But like not feeling like shame, sh that's a human emotion that we put on it. I don't think God has told us that that's what we need to feel about it. Do you think our sin nailed Jesus to the cross? I think I sang about it once that said it happened. Yeah. Um, I no, I think Jesus died. I believe Jesus died on, I would say the cross for our right, sins. Um, but like our sin, like the idea, I think the line was like our sin is what held him there is what the line uh -huh. is. And like, I don't, I think he is who held himself there because he cared about us mm. and wanted to bear something for us. Like, I don't think it's like Jesus is like, I can't wait to get off this. But like the pressure and the weight of human sin through time and existence is holding me here. Like that's a that's not great news. The fact I that agree. he chose to be there is good news. The fact that he would like he would bear that, not that he was forced to bear that. But mm. so when I read that, like I think it's us saying we've pushed him up there, and and that's not even the same as like the we're the ones nail in the hand. I mean, like if we were physically holding, so, like have you ever been like bullied like put into a garbage can or shoved into a locker like no. that's what it feels like to me like that kind i have been uh it's not yeah. fun put and, in a garbage bin and in a locker i remember Gosh. Uh, this is like a humble brag that has a sad part of a story but i was the only sophomore that was on varsity and all the upperclassmen didn't like me in basketball and so i was subsequently put into a garbage can uh yeah. and then i scored 25 points the next game and then they loved me um, and then they didn't pass it's, me the ball the next game. So. It's honestly giving Rudolph a little bit. Like mm, they uh, hated you until you came in handy. That's, 
It's kind of how it felt, actually. There was <laughs> it's a, giving Rudolph vibes. There was a guy named Scott Adams. I don't think he listens to the podcast, but uh, he and I had an agreement <laughs> that we, on the court, we were pretty good teammates, but he hated me because he was the guy that lost his spot to me. So, like, he was like, he oh. did not like me. And so, like, he would, he put me in the garbage can. He, like, punched me. He hated, bullied me. But on the court, we're like, we'll just be friends because you helped the team. But I hate what you've done to, like, my basketball experience. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a, a lot. That's a lot. I don't know where how we got into that. Um, also, I'm going to keep going on that for a little bit. There's a, a local comedian, and he has a joke where he's like, I think Airbud, like, the story of Airbud is, like, a boring story. I think the story we should be focusing on is the guy who lost his spot to a dog. Yeah. Kind of funny. I was at the show where he did that, and I thought oh, okay. it was great. It is pretty funny. There, I remember being in the moment. And being like, there was a direction I wish she would have taken it that I thought was funny. Yeah. But I think Airbud, like, I thought it was funny because it's like, you would not think Airbud jokes would be very highbrow. And uh-huh. I thought he did a pretty good no, job. No, it was like pretty, I mean, that's like pretty thoughtful. And I wouldn't have ever expected to hear an Airbud joke. Yeah. And that guy, he was like the tall, skinny, kind of awkward stoner guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope I he thought, doesn't listen, but that would be hilarious I thought his. I thought his presentation, I don't know if that's who he really is or not, but I thought he had... One of the best, whether it was a character or not, I really appreciated like his presence on stage. Uh-huh. Um, it was like this anxious energy, and I was like, I was. It's very like, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I will say though, as I was thinking about the question, I wonder if we're not even hearing what sexy boy is saying or whatever. Can you read it again? Yeah. And then tell me how you think we've missed it. Do I Barry Saxy boy? Do I really have to devalue You're so myself? into this name. I think it's really funny. Do I really have to devalue myself just to see myself as God's son? So what if devalue doesn't mean like hating yourself or see you as a sinner, but it's just like, think about like all those verses. It's like, I must become less. He must become more. Or like, I'm third. Like all those things about like, I need to like care about myself less or think about myself less. What if it's more of like, what if he's asking about like lowering the rungs of do you know what i'm trying to say is there value in that well yeah i think that's a humility versus pride thing i think we should all think less of ourselves i think like thinking we're king of the mountain is the pathway to like lots of destruction in life because we think we're the best thing since sliced bread so i think humbling ourselves and seeing less of ourselves in a non shameful and self-deprecating way is a important part of humility but i also think on the other side it's like being created in god's image means god didn't just see us as good but god's house is very good so it's like mm. god doesn't see us as less of ourselves we might need to see ourselves as less of ourselves okay but i don't think god sees us as bad god sees us as very good creations that are trying to embrace our image that we were created in And that, in a way, that is, like, a really beautiful and loving ask to be, like, think less about yourself because, it, like, sometimes we just need to get out of our heads and, like, honestly, like, get our heads out of our own asses and just, like, be, like, I don't need to think about myself all the time. Let me, like, actually be interested in what someone else is saying. However, I think I've heard – I think my sensitivity to that is, like, I have heard pastors be, like – um. And this is the problem with the self-care epidemic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really think that's an epidemic. I think it's fine to care for yourself. Yeah, but I also hear it different. Like, I'm like, yeah, do self-care. Don't do, like, self-promotion. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, yeah, self-care okay. and arrogance are not, like, one and the same. Or self-care and, like, pride are not one and the same. I agree with that. Um, so I think there's, 
I think I equated self-care and selfishness as mm. the same for a long time. And I, I hear a little bit of that in this guy's question, yeah. which is why I think I what I also want to say to Barry Sexy Boy is like that it is okay to care for yourself and value your well-being. And mm. like I think I had to learn that like part of my responsibility is to myself yeah. and to like own that. And not just be like, well, Emily doesn't matter. And that's me being like the most humble Christian there is. Yeah, I think humility isn't like neglecting yourself. Mm, that's a word. Um, it was a lot of words. It was a sentence. <laughs> so, um, well, I think we've we've done our best to tackle Barry's question. And uh, I think because you said this Instagram tag a hundred oh, times. Uh, hopefully you get a hundred new followers. <laughs> I know. Um, well, there's a... I, there is some punctuation in there that I didn't tell, oh, okay. so it might be harder to find him than you think. Right, right. Um, or her. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the other one, this is from The Mystic Adventure, and they ask, they just say rapture fear and how it has affected your mental health. Oh, I dig this one. So I'll tell a story really quick. I'm just going to jump into this one. But um, I went to this really cool event um, over the weekend called St. Louis Storytell. Okay. Um, which took place in the Chapel for the Arts, which is like a really cool vibey place. Okay. And and you guys watched Left Behind? No, <laughs> but um, the theme for the night was Left Behind. So, oh, seriously? <laughs> yes. And so everyone told a story about a time when they were left behind. And it was really beautiful. Like not rapture. Like we're talking about like left behind. Like, like someone the was ballpark. like, yes. Yeah. One of them. Was, it's like you were there. One of them was about being left behind at the ballpark. <laughs> were you there? But um. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm always there. <laughs> Danny's always watching. Um, but anyway, and I mean, one, it, it was all really good. There was one guy who just talked about like his grandma dying and then they just like had it like they just ate breakfast, lunch and dinner just like near her body all day. And he was like, so that was kind of weird. And then he walked <laughs> off and I was like, what was the story? <laughs> anyway, I have a weird thing with dead bodies. And so that's like really like one of my nightmares. It was, but it just like wasn't a story. Like I was yeah. like, okay. What well, is a story? It just I mean, it wasn't was connected so to your theme. <laughs> Correct. But um, anyway, this one guy had this like beautiful story and he actually started off talking about the books left behind. Mm. And he was like, if you've ever seen a pile of clothes, and been scared like you've experienced rapture anxiety and he ended up telling this whole story about like like the pain that it is to like leave a religious community and it was so i mean honestly i like teared up like it was really beautiful and i know there was a lot of like there were a lot of presbyterians there surprise like i ran into a bunch of people i knew that i didn't realize would be there and it was like it was interesting for like them to hear it and like for me to be there it was like this really beautiful oh. and he did a fantastic job but all that to say, he brought up rapture anxiety. Yeah. So what is, I didn't really have rapture anxiety. So I did. Like yeah. Left Behind was like a huge pop culture thing. Y2K, obviously, like I mentioned, yeah. I guess an episode ago, like that was a thing we were nervous about. The, that was, that and the rapture were connected to one another. So you thought you would be left behind on Y2K. Well, I hoped that I would get taken up well, in the beam of light. But Maybe be humble. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I think I've told this before, but I mean, I remember working at a summer camp and it was like a Jewish camp. And at this point, I believe none of those people were going to be saved. And so I was uh, in my bunk full of all these Jewish kids at this Jewish camp. 
and there was a thunderstorm happening. And what I really came to find out later is like someone came in to see if I had snuck out and they couldn't see me and they shook my bed. Oh, crap. But like I wake up and like they're probably just like laughing as I'm like bawling my eyes out. Mm-hmm. But I like get up and I look around. I can't see any kids in their beds. And I'm like, all right. So uh, apparently I was wrong. And all of the Jew kids got taken up and I got left behind. No. And I was like just terrified. And uh, but mm. I had like moments like those in my life. Like look over my twin and I shared a room. I look over and I'm like, he's not in his bed. And I'm like, did I get left behind? Like, and so there are lots of moments in my life where, and I remember when the movie came out, like I, we did a all nighter at a Lutheran church and we stayed up and then at one o'clock they're like, Hey, we got this movie. It's going to be a real, <laughs> real uplifter. It's a downer. And we're just mm-hmm. watching this movie and the end of it. Like, do you guys want to accept Jesus into your heart? And I was like, will that make this stop? Like, can we be done with this? Yeah. Uh, and we talked about indoctrination like that. We I went through psychological like those hell house all nighters or psychological warfare to trick you into mm. believing this thing out of fear based tactics. So, yes, I believe in rapture anxiety, um, but I do not believe in the rapture as it's been taught. So I don't have anxiety about it anymore. So, but in, I did growing up in the Left Behind saga, were the people like bad people, and that's why they got left behind? Yeah, well, that's what makes it kind of hard. Is like. So Kirk Cameron yeah. was left behind. And we all know that in real life, he will never be left behind. Right. He will He's be taken the out The first, first one to be taken. <laughs> um, but yes. So uh, yeah, like these like they're well, so they're not bad. There's a few like bad, like I'm a murderer. I'm a rapist or like the people that are like the God. really bad people. Okay. But like the majority of the characters are like lukewarm. Like that's what they're trying like, oh. like be on fire for Jesus or you're going to be left because all these people are like, I was a good person. I like, like went to church and I tithe. But they're like, but did you really accept Jesus into your heart? And like, so that's kind of, and I actually vibe I mean, with the idea of like, what does it mean to follow Jesus? With sure. Your heart? But this was a scare tactic into lukewarm Christianity. Which Dang. I don't so how did that affect your mental health? Do you think? It was terrifying. So like for a long time, again, like for most of my upbringing, my spirituality was to get out of hell, to not burn yeah. in hell, to not be left behind. Like, I believed like the early Christians did that Jesus was coming back any moment. And like, um, like the Joe dirt line, like, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Like, uh-huh. like I thought that kind of stuff. Right. And it's like, is this what I want to be doing? Like, am mm-hmm. I want to be talking to my parents this way? Do I want to be watching this thing? Do I want to be doing this act? Like what, like, what do I think about this? And do I want Jesus to see me like this? Because this is how he's coming back tomorrow. And, I need to be ready because he's going to come with the swiftness and the surprise of the thief in the night. And I'm going to be surprised and left behind, you know? So that is, so I didn't really grow up believing in the rapture per se, but I definitely had a Sunday school teacher who was like, are you ready a hundred percent of the time? Like if Jesus came back in this moment yeah, and that does kind of mess with you, like it probably made me a better kid because anytime I was doing anything wrong, I was like, if Jesus came back right now, that'd be so embarrassing. Yeah. I always was worried he would come back while I was in the shower. Yeah. And I was like, can I just like get out of the shower? But it, you, you said it made you a better kid. It made you a well-behaved That's kid. That's so It did not make point. you a more adjusted spiritual human. <laughs> or a, right? like a mentally well-being. Right. And I think that, that – so that wasn't really the per- – they were just like, have you had this? That was kind of the question. Yeah. But when I think about everyone that's had a similar story that I've had or, mm. or worse, it's like it's it's a mental health issue and it's a bad theology issue. And it creates a lot of bad webs that people are untangling to this day. And like not only that, but like I just think we end up not being able to enjoy anything. Right. And then you also feel guilty if you are like, oh, I hope Jesus doesn't come back right now. 
Yeah, I think about so like I live by my calendar on my phone, right? Yeah. So like if I have like two things, I'll sit in between waiting for the next thing to come because I'm like just thinking about it. And that's how you live your life. Mm. In that world, you're in between appointments and you're just you can't enjoy where you've been. You're waiting for what's to come and the time you're in at the moment is just a holding period and you don't embrace any of it and you're just waiting for the time the next meeting starts. You're like frozen. You're frozen, right? Yeah, you're like it's just it's paralyzing the fear of mm. like what's going to happen and and you want to like live your life to do that to be not left behind but then like your motives i think just become warped in that view too i don't it's it's i don't think about it a ton anymore but i think i did a lot of on writing um and in like other parts of it that we don't talk about enough is like i started then deem who would be left behind and who's in and who's Ooh. out like because you're so worried about yourself and then you have to build models of people around you to base yourself by, again, who's in and who's out. And so it's like it just becomes not only detrimental to yourself, but then everyone else is is a part of this now weird game you're playing mm. of just waiting for Jesus to come back and rip you out of your seat. Gosh, and that, uh, that is really – that will mess with you. You can't, like, live life. Yeah. And you can't be too attached to anything because then – like, I remember being little and being like, oh, I just hope I, like, get married before Jesus comes back. Like, I want that experience. Like, yeah. that might sound silly, but it is weird to kind of, like, you almost, you have this weird relationship with, like, I know I should want that and be excited, but I'm also, like, trying to live my life. And I remember, did you ever read Crazy Love by Francis Chan? Oh, yeah. Um, he tells a story about his mom and him are, like, at a play. And at intermission, she was like, we have to leave. And he's like, why? And she's like, because if Jesus comes back, I don't want him to see me like sitting on my ass. I'm sure she didn't say ass, but like watching this play. And I remember processing it with like at the time my like youth group leader or whatever. And I was like, I don't think I like that. And she was like, no, that's stupid. She was like, enjoy art, like embrace. She was like really beautifully kind of helped me on see that. Like she was like, it's okay to sit and relax and enjoy a movie or a play. Or like you don't always have to be like. I don't know, fighting world hunger in order for God to be happy with you when you come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like how like how are you aligning your life to like glorify God and live your best life the best you can? But like if everything is like a moment, like again, like if you can't fully embrace where you're at or you're just doing it to like check boxes, like I think the motivation behind all of it becomes very mm. interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm getting anxiety just thinking about it. So those are our two questions. Do yeah. you have any other thoughts on that? I don't, but I mean, I think I my to the audience. I mean, I would just say like I think rapture theology. Like I think we believe in afterlife, and we believe Christians believe that like there's something beyond the existence they have now. But like a lot of what we've been taught about the rapture is like based much like hell and Dante's Inferno. It's in bad Christian literature, yeah, and left behind is far worse literature than Dante's Inferno. <laughs> How about we just stop letting christian literature affect our actual theology of yeah. jesus i think it's probably a worthwhile pursuit and i'm an english teacher but i think that not yeah. everything is literal not everything is literal um so we did emails yeah. um let's go to the recommendation zone yeah well i'll start off okay my recommendation which would be don't watch left behind <laughs> that's <laughs> my recommendation i've never read or seen it yeah it will definitely don't read it okay also don't watch it unless you're gonna watch the new remake with nicholas cage because you will laugh is it has it already come out? Oh, it's like five years old now. Oh, okay. It was like just got no press. It was bad. I see why it got no press. Yeah. 
Um, is that your real recommendation? I think so. Okay. Um, that's valid. Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> invalidate your recommendation. I, mean, I, but I I just finished a book and actually a Deconstruction Zone listener swiped up and said she just finished it and loved it. It has nothing to do with deconstruction. Is it called the Bible? No, it's called <laughs> Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Oh. It's honestly just a cute rom-com. Um, I thought it was going to be like corny and stupid. And honestly, I found it just lovely and funny and witty. And I just had a really good time. I honestly teared up at the end, which I wasn't expecting. But I thought it was great. And I know that at least one other Deconstructed Zone listener enjoyed it. So maybe other listeners will like it as well. Are you adding it to your to read? <laughs> no, someone just commented on like I was like I was going to take a note. And I just someone commented on one of our Instagrams. Yeah. And I just, I'm reading the comment real time. Just drop by with a friendly reminder that there's no such thing as deconstruction. There's only reconstructing a fake God in your own image that doesn't require you to die to your sin. That would have been great for us to unpack. Well, on that note, I mean, I don't really, I don't think we have the time. No, but let's come back to that on another episode. Yeah, um, put that in our little note. I'm going to like it. <laughs> and say, uh, <laughs> tune in. Yeah. Uh, tune in to like episode 80 or something. Um, well, on that cliffhanger, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Please don't forget to send in your questions. We seriously like love to answer them. Um, and as always, embrace the journey.